Listen, if you came tonight, you came to Vision Night, if it's your first time here tonight, um, I got to let you know we are a church for first-time guests. Um, so on the count of three, uh, if you're a guest, we kind of recognize you before you walk in. That's kind of our system. Uh, we meet you, greet you, and welcome you, kind of sit you um, in pretty good seating every single Tuesday night. Um, so you're in here, and you're, you're mixed in all over the room. I want to let you know uh, tonight's not a regular night. By this point in the time, we'd probably be 15, 20 minutes into the message. Um, tonight, I'm not going to be preaching. I'm going to be giving some ideas, and when a preacher says that, that means they're going to preach. So I got a stool to help me not preach. Um, is that okay? <laughs> We're just going to switch it up tonight. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to switch it up. We're going to switch it up. But listen, if you're here tonight, and listen, we, right now we'd be like 20 minutes into the message, and we'd be closing up pretty soon. But tonight is vision night. Um, we're letting you know tonight, big announcements. So if you have a phone, uh, go ahead, pull your phones out. We have a calendar, notepad. Anybody likes taking notes in church? Anybody likes doing that? Awesome. If you stumbled in tonight, if you're a guest, first-time guest, um, before we continue, we want to say, listen, you don't have to believe with us to belong with us. You belong here, no matter who you are, no matter where you come from, no matter what's going on in your life, you belong here. I want to let you know this. Listen, Tuesday nights, we ain't going nowhere. Can I encourage you? <laughs> we ain't going nowhere. <laughs> if it's just me and Parnell Squirrels in the worship team, it's just us and you. So show up. Every single, somebody say every single Tuesday. Say it. every single, we're, we're not going nowhere. So, man, I got to tell you, it's like 20%. I think the math is 20% of everyone in our services don't believe in Jesus. They're skeptics. They're atheists. Listen, welcome. We're not afraid of your questions. God's not afraid of your questions. God's not afraid of your doubt. So come and we'll walk and we'll figure this thing out. Um, can we give a round of applause to all of our first-time guests? Come on, all of our guests. Welcome, welcome. Again, so tonight is vision night because we're giving the vision for next year. We're giving somebody's alarm. That's, that's the alarm to get out of here. Um, get out. <laughs> we're giving the vision for next year, where we're headed, where we're going. So uh, wrapped around where we're headed and what we're doing and where we're going is, is kind of what's happening. It's the events. So we got some really cool announcements that we're going to be giving um, and have some ideas. I'll call tonight's sermon. It's not a sermon. It's a talk. It's a conversation. I called it a letter from your pastor. Aww, that's kind of aww, and we'll get to that in a second. But before we get to anything, I want to get to these announcements. So listen, if you come in here tonight, if it's your first time, man, stick it out. I hope you have fun. Uh, usually it's a bit more intense, and by this time my veins are all popping out, and I'm sweating, and people are just, you know, getting convicted by the spirit, and, and I pray that still happens tonight. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but man, tonight's vision night. Look at your neighbor and say, vision night. At the top of your notes, I want you to write this verse. Um, I, I want you to write uh, 1 Corinthians 3.16. I'm not going to talk about that now, but I want you to just write it down. Um, because, man, like Christians have way more power than they think they do. Have you, have you ever seen a kid like playing with something they obviously don't know they're playing with? Like if you really knew what was in your hands, you'd treat it differently. You ever seen a kid, like, play around with, like, an iPad? And you're like, first of all, back in my day, the closest thing to that was a razor. <laughs> that was your age, I had a razor. Not even. Your age, I had the little Nokia. And the one game on the phone was Snake. 
If you don't know that what that what that game is, you gotta come tomorrow night for youth service, all right? <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Just kidding, not kidding. Um, so like you see kids with like way better technology than what we had, right? And you're like, if you even knew what you had in your hands, you would probably treat it differently. And I promise you, I see so many Christians walk around like they have no strength. You probably do, but do you know the spirit that is living within you? Christians walk around with no freedom, yet we serve a God that where his spirit is, there's freedom. So somewhere along the line, there, there's, there's something that we can tap into that we're probably not tapping into. And I think that verse really hits it on the nose. I want to keep moving, though. So this is a letter from your pastor. I want to read Habakkuk 2. You're like, what? That's even a book in the Bible? Yes, it is. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. So we're going to be doing these vision nights probably like twice a year. And here's why. Then the Lord replied. He said, listen, write down the revelation. Um, other translations say vision. Write down the vision and make it plain. Somebody say plain. So, so we're not a complicated church, y'all. <laughs> we're going to try our best to keep it simple. <laughs> you know. So our church is revolved around the living Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen in the room tonight? Come on, can you shout me down before I get crazy? Somebody shout amen. amen. <laughs> Jesus is the risen king. He's what we're all about. And, and so what we're about as a church is moving people, not from, like, making bad people good. We're about, like, turning people from, like, death to, to like, life. It's not about, like, oh, I was once bad and now I'm good. No, I was dead and now I'm alive because of what Jesus has done. So if there's anything you expect from me as your pastor and some of you guys are here guests. You're like, you ain't my pastor. You're right. I'm not. But for tonight, hang out. If, if, I, if, if I expect anything from you, it's to have a life-giving relationship with Jesus. Yes, we want you to give. But when you have a life-giving relationship with Jesus, you'll start giving. I love Chris just going in and talking about giving. And, and listen, I'm not going to do that, but I show hands. I'm not going to do that. But here, here's what I'm saying. Like 90% in my hands, 10% blessed. Is better than 100% cursed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, we want you to give. We want you to experience the life, like generosity to its fullest. But you can only get there till you have the heart of Jesus inside of you, till you have a relationship with Jesus. Then you'll see that, you, oh, wait, Jesus, all he did was give. <laughs> all he did was lay down. And, and, and as we study him through the scriptures, right, and as we walk with this tribe called New Birth, we understand who Jesus is then we can understand who we are as people. But it all, it, it's all, sim it's all the, the, the relation. Some people get to serving the church before they have a real relationship with Jesus, and they leave the church because they're tired of serving. You skip the step. <laughs> it's have a relationship with Jesus, then serve people. Because you can serve without a relationship and forget why you're serving. <laughs> and the enemy will tell you, you're better off not serving. How is that even possible? A season that's best for me is when I'm not producing, when I'm not being generous, when I'm not giving. That's the lie of the enemy to those who kind of skip steps. Yeah, we want you to come every Tuesday, but if you had a relationship with Jesus, you understand the power of being at church. And, the, and the, the Jesus went to church. Come on, somebody. As a kid, he was lost in the church. Bad parents, bad parents. Where's our kid? Lost him for a couple of days. He was hanging out in the church. 
first words to his mom was like, woman, I was with my father in his, my father's house. It was like, okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus is in the church, y'all. So we want you to come, but if a life-giving relationship with Jesus is a reality in your life, so many things will begin to unfold. Does that make sense? So as, you're, as the leader here, this is it. We're going to write down the vision, the revelation. We're going to make it plain for you. And I love it, right? Plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it, so that you may run with it. You can only run when you've got vision. You can only run when you've got vision. You see, a church with no vision is a church running with blindfolds. A church with no vision is me standing here every single week and taking suggestions for where our church ought to go. That's a church with no vision. Since when is a flock led by sheep? Flock is led by a shepherd. Come on, somebody. I hear somebody shouting me down in the back. I'm preaching to you. <laughs> so we're going to take the vision and make it plain. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, every single Tuesday night is an opportunity for people to come home to Jesus. So if you're here tonight and you're like, man, Tuesday nights sound like they're a lot about guests. And I, I've been here for a year and I've been here for three months and I've been here for six months. And, and, and I feel like. Once I got to a certain level in Jesus, Tuesday nights became more of like what God wants to do through me. Yeah, welcome to church. Jesus says, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, right? So what Tuesday nights are all about is you bringing friends to church. And Jesus not just happening to you, but happening through you. So, man, we're going to make the revelation, the vision. We're going to make it as plain as possible. Um, man, so here's a letter. So I wrote a letter. Um, this idea came in my honeymoon. I felt the, the, the call of God to just <laughs> shout out to honeymoons. <laughs> Anybody in their honeymoon right now? <laughs> like, we made it to church. Get out of here, bro. Get out of here. I'm just kidding. Um, almost lost where I was going. So I wrote this letter. Uh, I, be- I formed it in my honeymoon and it continued out. I pulled out just main ideas. So I wrote a letter to the YA, to Tuesday nights. I wrote a letter to you guys, but I broke it down to some ideas. I hope you write all these ideas down. Number one, here's, here's an idea, uh, a letter from your pastor. Idea number one, make people a big deal like Jesus did. Y'all ready for vision? Y'all ready to walk into the best season of your life? Make people a big deal like Jesus did. Right there. I mean, some of us, we, we already have a list of people we X out of our lives. List of people we dodge. List of people we kind of put as like an out group. And here's my in group, and that's my out group. And I don't talk to those people, and we don't mesh with those people. And some of you guys probably inherited some of this conversation and language from your parents, your forefathers. We don't hang around those type of people. And we don't do those type of things in these type of neighborhoods, in these type of areas. I, like, I mean, a lot what Giselle said is what tonight is. Listen, you got adopted into this thing called Christianity. You got a new name. You got a new daddy. You got a new spirit. You got a new purpose. So you got to have new vision on everyone around you. It's not I'm going to do me. I'm self-made. Forget all my haters. No, it's I love everybody. I, love, I don't care if you hurt me or hate me. I love you. And, and, and that's, what, that's what my heart is for everyone here is that you make people a big deal. Don't miss out on the miracles all around you trying to get into another circle. I understand getting to a circle 
to be better. I understand that because you know the circle around you is the exact definition of what your future looks like. People you surround yourself with. I understand finding a new group, and if I'm the best p- person in my group, if I'm the smartest person in my group, I gotta find a new group. Hello, I, I understand that, but there's a difference between finding a new group and xing people out and blatantly showing hate to people and judgment to people because they didn't fit your criteria of a friend. That's not the heart of Jesus. If anyone didn't fit the criteria to be Jesus' friend, it's everybody on planet Earth. And I love how his nickname is Friend of Sinners. Because, I mean, that's just awesome. An awesome, amazing, grace-filled God becomes friend with those who are literally his enemies. So a lot of, a lot of times when we need to fix the way we walk, we just got to look at Jesus' walk. A lot of times when we need to realign our lives, it's to look at the light of Jesus and understand exactly what we're supposed to do. Um, man, if you're a Christian and you got beef with somebody and you, you're choosing bitterness over freedom, um, if you're in here and you need to forgive some people, um, man, here's a letter from your pastor. Just make people a big deal. You guys with me? Make people a big deal like Jesus did. So much of a big deal. He put on flesh and bones. He was born in a baby's body and grew up and lived a perfect life to die a terrible death for me and you. That's how much Jesus loves humanity is that he traveled through the cosmos, he traveled through space and time, and he slapped that right in our history books, right in the middle of our history books. Come on, somebody. And he did something that the world will never forget. He died for people who loved him and for people who didn't. And that's a big deal. So when you become a follower of Jesus, you lay down your old life and you walk into a new one. And you might have some bitterness and Maybe you need to let some things go and forgive some people after tonight. See, my who's my hope? Some of y'all just drive home tonight and y'all just start texting people. I'm sorry. Tonight y'all have some phone calls because you're trying to get into another group without correctly healing the one you're in. Sometimes we try to grow in God before we are like good with, with a brother or sister. So try to run after your purpose when your purpose looks like forgiveness at the moment. You understand what I'm saying? Like, make people a big deal. Because here's the thing. The enemy can slip into your walk once you start Xing out people. And then you, and then you, and then you X people out in the name of the Lord. <laughs> God's like, I placed her in your life. And I know she's kind of, you know, uh, but I placed her in your life so you can build her, so you can grow her, so you can lift her up, so you can see past her mistakes the same way I see past your mistakes. Make people a big deal like Jesus did. If, if you're ready for the second point, you just need to write that one down right there and just tattoo it on your back. Next idea, become a living temple. That's what 1 Corinthians was about, right? Become a living temple, a living temple. I love what Chris said. Chris said in generosity that giving is great, but when you give here, it should always lead you to be generous out there. And we understand here, out of everybody, this church understands that the church is not four walls. We are the church. And it's almost like every week we got a new address. Hello, somebody. It's like, where are we going to church? We we don't know. It's in the Addy. So here's here's what we're coming under, this idea that we are all the church. Church is not only an address where we show up to and turn up and lives are saved and souls are healed. It's not just that. We are the church. We have small groups going on. Anybody in a small group, hope group? 
Hey. All over the house. When we have eight or nine girls gathered in a Starbucks, that's the church. Watch out. You could just walk in in the wrong group at the wrong time and get healed. <laughs> it just happened. Oh, that boys group, basketball group on Saturday nights? Oh, yeah, you could be playing with homie. Homie twists his ankle. My team just get around and pray for him, and then he's jumping through the roof. That's what can happen because the church ain't four walls. We are the church. And I love 1 Corinthians 3.16. Don't you know that yourselves, yourselves, you're God's temple, and that God's spirit dwells in your midst. You see, when Paul's writing to the, the church in Corinth, it's one of those moments like, bro, don't you know? Don't you know that God is all in you? You know that, right? That's kind of like the kid with an iPad. You know what I'm saying? He don't know what he's doing. He's throwing it all over the place. Like, boy, don't you know what's in your hands, boy? And Paul's like whipping the church up a little bit. That's the context, really. He's, he's got like a spiritual belt, and he's like, tighten up, Corinthians. Don't you know? Some of y'all getting flashbacks when your mom used to correct you. Don't you know? Hits you in syllables. <laughs> Just like 11 people that are scarred. It's all good. It's all good. Some of y'all are so scarred, you're quiet. You even know what to say right now. You just give me the eyes. <laughs> ah! It's <laughs> just running out. Don't come back. Don't you know that you're God's temple? And then God's spirit dwells in your midst. I love campfires. What I really love about campfires is starting one. Because when you start one, it's so much attention to a little flame. Anybody love doing campfires? Any, any, any crazy people? Like seeing things going on fire? Yeah, don't trust anybody who just put their hands up. <laughs> that's the trick, right? I raised my hand. I was like, no, that's not me. That's just y'all. <laughs> I'm playing. I love fires. I love fires. I was just in Aruba, and I had to preach in Aruba. And there was like this after-party campfire, and we literally built the biggest campfire I've ever seen in my life. It was like eight feet tall, and it almost burned a tree nearby, and we had to like shut it down. <laughs> it took 30 minutes to start. <laughs> like that's, and they were throwing like logs. I love campfires. I love how campfires start, though, because when they start, you really got to, you know what I'm saying? You really got to like block the wind. Like, you ever try to light a candle outside? You got like a wall of people around you. You're like, I can't get this candle on. Almost died. That's where your Christian walk should be. you just so focused on starting a fire. Notice you can, only, you can only get on your knees to start a fire. You can't do it while you're busy. You can't start a fire on the road. You can't do it while you're driving. You got to stop everything you're doing. Get your hands on some wood. Get into a corner and just say, all I'm doing right now is building this fire, building this fire, building this fire. That is a Christian life. You know that. It's not just coming to church to get a flame. But it's letting the spirit within you build the world around you to see life in a new way. So some of you, all you know is to start fires that are in here. But once you take the spirit outside of church and understand the spirit dwells in you, whoosh, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Don't you know? Pastor, I'm so stressed out every single day. I just have anxiety. Don't you know that you're God's temple? How many of you remember Stop, Breathe, Pray, that sermon? Was that like last Tuesday? 
the Tuesday before that? that was, last Tuesday was Lay Bird. Shout out Lay Bird. <laughs> Somebody. Uh-oh. Man, stop, breathe, pray. That's prophetic over your life. Like, really just start a fire where you're at. Because it's the same spirit, y'all. I love being in hope groups because you get to really talk to people. A lot of the conversations in my hope group is, sounds like this. Ready? Hey, that same spirit in service is the spirit in your car. Call on the spirit right there, and then I promise you. And, and, it's, and you hear testimonies, and it's just amazing. Do you know yourselves are God's temple? I love that. Become a living temple. When you're a living temple, you are a living NBYA. You understand that? What did some of y'all experience on YA night? We've had people say, oh, I, I, I knew I was supposed to be a part of this church just coming in the parking lot. This girl just waved at me and said, this is the same girl. She's just always so happy. That's what I feel. I feel welcomed when I'm at church. Okay, because you are the church. When you're somewhere else, do people feel welcome? That's what I feel at church. I feel at peace. Okay, when you're out and about, do people feel peace when they're around you? I was in, I was in, I was in a Beijing airport. Somebody say Beijing. It's far. I was in an airport, and I'm just sitting there having some hot ramen, right? Spicy ramen. Just blowing my mouth out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't feel. I'm like, baby, my, my lips are numb. I can't. She's like, keep going, keep going. I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, what? Anyways, that didn't happen, but I love you, baby. You're a distraction. That's <laughs> why I'm preaching like this. I can't even look at you. <laughs> we're in Beijing. I'm sitting across. Uh, Deanna, we're sitting, we're sitting down. There's like two other seats open. And there's a seat over here, and there's a seat right next to me. The seat over here is like directly facing us. Um, we have our phone recording us eating ramen together. It was like a vlog that nobody would ever see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Just chilling right there. Um, so we're like, yay, our first love, whatever, ramen in Beijing, cool, whatever. And this lady just sits right there. So she's like dead center from the camera. So I'm looking at her through the phone. I'm like, you ever seen a thug come out of prison? He's looking at everybody through a mirror. Some of y'all ain't ratchet. Y'all don't get that. Anyways, y'all ain't never had an uncle that's fresh out. You know what I'm saying? Fresh out. <laughs> Some of you have no idea what I'm saying. Anyways, I see her through the phone, and I got so convicted because she was facing us. I was like, I, hate, I, I don't hate when the spirit does it, but I kind of do. I felt the Holy Spirit say this. This is crazy, and this is going to wreck y'all because you're going to hear it now in your life. I'm sitting down at the table, and we're just going in on this meal, recording it, and then there's a lady there, and immediately I felt the Holy Spirit ask me this question. If, if you were Jesus and a stranger sat at your table, what would Jesus do? And I was like, ah! No, we're enjoying this ramen, spicy ramen. I don't know if this woman even speaks English. She didn't. And I fought it for like three minutes. I'm like, mm. And I look at her like with the eyes of Jesus, right? Like, and she was just like doing her thing. I'm like, oh, I got to break the ice. I got to break the ice. So I didn't go, are you Christian? No, I didn't do that, you weirdos. <laughs> Turn or burn. Nope. You know what I did? I said, hey. Nice tattoo. She had a cool tattoo here. And she was like, okay? And I like that D, I was like, your turn. 
skirt, skirt. <laughs> you got this. So my amazing wife just continues to have the conversation. I'm jumping in. She's Colombian, the lady. Her Mexican husband sits down. Um, I thought he was a chef. I guess I'm racist. He's not a chef. He's a, uh, I'm not racist, guys. This is a joke. I'm, I mean, I should have been born Mexican. I love Mexican. Anyways, we start connecting with this guy. Y'all good? So the Mexican, we good? I'm good? All right, I don't know why everybody's laughing. It's the first section. Y'all need healing right here. I don't know what's going on. Just kidding. It's all joke. Come on. Not kidding. Anyways, so just kidding. Homeboy sits next to me, and he, you know, I think whatever. Um, so we start talking, and he's like, yo, I live in Mexico City. And I'm like, oh, man, I've been to Mexico, blah, blah, blah. That's awesome. He's like, hey, when you come, whatever. You guys in your honeymoon? Oh, my God, cool. Whatever. We link up. And at the end, you know, here it goes, right? Here it, the spirit again. All right, bro, you know what you came to do. <laughs> I'm like, dang. All right, so I'm like, hey, man. You know, and then, you know, we start talking about church. I'm like, you do church? He's like, yeah, I'm a Catholic. I'm like, cool, whatever. We start talking. He's like, what do you do? And I love when people ask me that, especially going through customs. Everyone's always asking me, so what do you do? I'm like, young adult pastor, hello. It's your boy. He's like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a pastor. I'm a young adult pastor. And he stops. I'm not lying. He stops what he's doing. He puts, like, his, his plate down. He turns over, looks at me. He's like, you know, when I sat here, I just felt this peace in this table. I didn't know you from a hole in the wall, but I could tell you had just something about you. I just sat here, and I just felt peace. I mean, I can't even encourage you. Listen, you have the spirit of God living inside of you. If you don't have peace, call on peace. You need strength, call on strength. Because Jesus didn't just send you a church. He sent you his spirit. Y'all here tonight? Let's keep moving. I love this. Internally decide to become something you've never thought you'd become. Internally decide to become something you've never thought you'd become. That's my hope for you. For the end of this year, to start next year, like, internally decide. Because here's the thing. If we're going to be the church, if we're going to be a church to Kissimmee that Kissimmee's never been, never been before, You've got to be a person that you've never been before. If Kissimmee is going to be the type of church, if, if New Birth in Kissimmee is going to be the type of church that reaches people just dramatically, you in your walk, you've got to say, i got to become something different. What got me here won't get me there. I, got, I really got to start doing And here's the thing. When you're around the Holy Spirit long enough, he shows you what it is you need to grow at. He shows you, reviews to you what it is you need to let go. I talk to people after church. They're like, man, my favorite point was this. I was like, I didn't preach that, boy. But the Holy Spirit said it. <laughs> or, like, they'll say something. And they're like, they take a verse completely out of context. And they're like, now I know what they need to do. And I'm like, well, do that because the Spirit told you. <laughs> but that verse was about something else. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit talking to each and every one of you on where you ought to go, what step you ought to take to grow. What, what, what you ought to do. And if we're going to be the church that reaches people that nobody's reaching, we got to be willing to do the things that nobody's doing. You've got to be the type of person 
that understands, okay, I'm at a pretty good place, right? I'm saved and all, woohoo, party, oh yeah. But I, I need to grow in this area. Here's a list of my weaknesses. Here's a list of my strength. Let me move some, some, some of these items to the other side. Y'all with me? Yeah. It's like internally coming up with this decision to become something you never thought you'd become. If you're a man in here, write down traits of a man you'd like to be. Not traits that you're close to, because that's not a real goal. Like, I got an eight-pack. I'm trying to get a 12-pack. Stop it. I'm talking about, I need a 12-pack. Pray for me. I'm talking about, is it too late? I'm already married. I'm talking about, that's a real question, right? I'm talking about you actually making decisions to become something you've never become before. Like, as a man, writing five things you, you, need, to, you need to grow in. As a woman, sitting down and say, this is the five traits of a woman that I want to be. And I'm not there yet, but I want to be there. And I know how to get there. And I promise you, we'll see, we'll see something crazy going on around us. Here's my next one. Drive safely. I had, um, so I'm like, I'm, I'm not talking spiritual. I'm talking about literally. I had this fear over, over some folk in this room. Uh, maybe some of you, and this is like real serious. Maybe some of y'all in here race. That's cool and all. But I, I think they stopped the casting for Fast and the Furious. I'm talking about your life in here. Oh, God, God, save me. You put yourself in that mess. Y'all with me tonight? I'm telling you, for the rest of this year, would you just drive a little safer? Because I felt like, because I'm writing this letter, and I just feel like, you know, spiritual stuff. And I felt like real stuff. Like, like man, some people in our church, they, they just even leave church, like, reckless. Like, they just, like, cutting everybody. Like, if Jesus drove, how would he drive? Like, <laughs> And I don't want to be extreme tonight with it. What would Jesus do? You know what I'm saying? But hey. <laughs> Somebody said, heard? <laughs> I was like, bet. We'll move on. Next. Drive safely. Uh, here's another one. This is cool. Eat a lot. Eat a lot. Some of you are like, done. <laughs> Check. Did that before I got here. I started Thanksgiving in June. I started Thanksgiving in June. Here's another one. Take care of your relationships. Nothing is getting better on its own. Can we be real? If you leave a sandwich out for a month, you come back to it, there's going to be worms in it. Nothing gets better all by itself. It needs your assistance. Your relationships aren't just going to get better just because you have relationships. You've got to pour into them. You've got to invest into them. You've got to spend time with people. Take care of your relationships. If people matter to you, let them know that they matter. If they matter to you, make it a priority to let them know they matter. Because I'm tired of Christians blaming God for not having anyone around them to run to when they've pushed everybody out. No one can reach you. No one can get close to you. No, because all you do is put these barricades up only God could ju- grow me. Only God could judge me. You don't want that to happen, bro. <laughs> you don't want God to judge you. Let's live in the grace right now. Expose what's hidden, and we'll walk in freedom. But if you, if you don't take care of your relationships, they'll just take care of themselves. And they'll dwindle, 
and you'll go up to people and you'll say, man, I missed you. And they'll be like, bro, in eight months, you haven't even hit me up. And it was my birthday and I graduated and you're supposed to be this Christian and you're saying something that you don't show. And shout out to the relationships. Y'all have these. Shout out to the relationships that you can go five years, see each other after five years, and it's like, y'all didn't miss a beat. You know what I'm saying? But that's not every relationship, is that? No, that's not all your relationships because people are different. So we got to take care of our relationships. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm landing the plane, I promise. I'm landing the plane. Here's the thing, because if you don't take care of relationships, they just grow rotten. Like if you leave a fruit out for long enough, it's not going to be good in a week, two weeks. You got to eat that thing right there. Okay. I want to land the plane right here. This one's a bit huge. Discover and sharpen your gifts. No one on Christmas Day is just staring at the Christmas tree like this. Nobody. They got their hand. I mean, just. If you go to any tree in America, January 1st, and you see presents under the tree, you'd look at the family and say, you guys are a failure. And then you'd be like, you guys are also weird. Because if I had a gift with my name on it, it's mine. It's mine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and spiritually in this room, there's a bunch of Christmas trees with so many gifts just chilling under there. And some of y'all, y'all go up to the tree of God's blessing and just, he's giving you talents. He's giving you gifts. And you go up to the tree and you just, ah. One day I'll open up that thing right there. It looks so pretty though, you know what I'm saying? Like the bow and the, man, you don't care about the wrapping paper on Christmas Day. You rip that thing open. If you take months discovering your gift, that's okay. At least you discovered it, and now you can sharpen it. It says in 1 Corinthians, man, we stay preaching the New Testament. All right, we got to go to the Old Testament next year. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. What does that mean? You guys are not all preachers. Uh, you're preachers, right? You guys are all, like, you know, caterers of the gospel. Everywhere you go, you are preaching. You know that. You don't need a microphone to be a preacher. You're all preachers. But not all of you are pastors. Not all of you. Like, imagine tonight we're all on stage with microphones preaching. There would be no one to preach to. Imagine if tonight we're all in the parking lot because we're just waving everybody. There would be nobody to wave in. And Paul hits it on the money. He's like, yo, it's the same spirit that's giving all these gifts. It's not a different spirit, meaning in the spirit, we can be different yet united. Because it's the spirit that unites us. And it's the spirit that gives us these gifts. There are different kinds of service, right? So some of y'all serve, there's different kinds of service. But it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. There's a verse in the Bible that says, iron sharpens iron. That's how one man sharpens another. And that's the same thing with your gift. There's prophets in this room. Can I prophesy? <laughs> There's prophets in this room, and you need to get with some other prophets and just start sharp, sharpening your gift. 
ask somebody, say this, is this correct over your life? Is this true over your life? And you say yes and amen. It builds your faith. It builds their faith. And you keep it moving. But you've got gifts. Some of you guys have amazing talents that you've only used for yourself. Some of you guys have amazing gifts and talents you've only used for your job, for other people. And in 2020, the God that gave you your gift is asking for you to bring it back. 